Welcome to another episode of the Postman University Podcast. If it's your first time listening, I'm John, a former animal cruelty officer and a former animal shelter supervisor. And I'm Jamie, a certified dog trainer and a canine behavioral consultant. On this episode, introducing a new puppy to your pack, one good boy conquering his fears, and our staff is a perfect breed, all that and more coming up next. Good morning, John. Good morning. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Two years. It is our two-year wedding anniversary today, October 13th, which is today is Tuesday. You're listening to this on Wednesday or later, but happy anniversary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two years down, forever to go. Yeah. And I'm still sitting on this stool from last week. (laughs) We haven't gotten my butt. You know what I was thinking about? What? We've been together for two years and just think about all the dogs that we'll adopt moving forward. Yeah. We're up to three. Thinking about four. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think that's crazy. Yeah. You're trying to get me in trouble already. <laughs> just getting it on your radar. So last week you had shared something to, I think it was went to Possum Walks or did it? No, it went to Possum University's yes, Possum Instagram University. at Possum University on Instagram. You posted a picture of one of our girls, our handlers from Possum Walks, Nina, working with a dog from Sammy's Hope yes. Rescue. Mm-hmm. It's a rescue over here in New Jersey. I think it's in Sayreville. Am I wrong? I believe it is, yes. Yeah. His name is Presley Peter, right? Presley That's Peter. That's his name. Let's talk about, he made some good improvements. So uh, Presley, like John said, is from Sammy's Hope. Uh, one of our other handlers, Asha, actually came to us. She's done all of her background stuff from there. That's why she's got all of her experience, and she still volunteers there. Her friend, also an, a volunteer there, wound up adopting Presley before she adopted Presley, um, he was that dog in the shelter that was just super reactive, didn't really trust anybody. He was kind of like that dog that everybody was like, oh, I don't know if you want to work with him uh, type of situation. And she took a chance on him and basically got to really know him. And she even said that she was kind of scared of him in the beginning. You know, she didn't know what to expect. And he had a couple different run-ins where meeting certain people, um, it didn't go well for, you know, ad- adoption purposes. I think he actually nipped a man in his kneecap at one point uh, just from being scared in general. And he doesn't really trust easily. So Shauna really took her time with him and she got to the point where he really loved her. So she decided to take him home. Uh, he is good with other dogs, which is great. And she's got a older pug. So they're in love. I think his name is Charlie. An older pug. That's older funny because he's big, right? He's yes. like 70 Oh, pounds, he's a maybe? big boy. Yes. And so she brought him home like for a couple nights to, you know, foster him and he never went back. So she adopted him and just getting people um, in the house and for Presley to trust them and be okay with them has been a little hard. So she called us and I've been working with him for a few months now, uh, giving them suggestions in terms of, you know, how to properly meet people because most of the time I'm not there for it. And then working on his commands while we were training, we also had our girls from Possum Walks, our dog walking company who are pretty skilled in terms of, um, difficult dogs, very skilled, very skilled, um, they were going to meet Presley while mom was home. So he was feeling more comfortable instead of these girls just coming into his house and trying to leash him up, which is obviously a trigger from him from from the shelter. So they went for a good month and a half meeting him with mom, going on walks, and he loved them. No weird behavior whatsoever. So the other day, the girls decided this was the first time they were going to do it without mom coming home or being there. And he did 
amazing. So the picture that we posted of, is of him and Nina. It's a beautiful photo because Miranda takes the best photos ever. The two of them went together just so in case anything went down that the two of them were there to make sure nothing, nobody got hurt. Beautiful, beautiful photo of the two of them. And he was wagging his tail the entire time, wasn't reactive, um, like it was a normal day. So I just want to give a shout out to our girls for taking their time with him and, you know, giving him so much love and for helping out mom because I know how grateful she is because she never thought that this would be able to happen. And it just shows you that with time and effort and like unconditional love, you can do anything with any type of dog and, and build that trust. Yeah, it's an awesome picture. And like everybody was so emotional about it. I know. I mean, even mom saw it and she was like, yeah, um, Presley's mom. And she was emotional about it. So it's it's amazing. And that's that's why we only look for the best of the best because we have absolute superstars that that do the, all of the handling with Possum Ox and help us with Possum University. Yes. You know, we have the best people. Our girls are basically an extension of ourselves. So you wanted to talk about something very specific this week. I did. Ever since the Elvis Duran show, we've been getting a lot of Ask the Trainer emails. And um, these are sparking more specific podcasts for us, our, our episodes. And I thought that this was a good one. And this would probably help a lot of people since a lot of people are getting puppies during this time. The situation that I'm going to describe is a family situation. So um, I'm getting an email from Kayla and her boyfriend just recently got a puppy. She already has a dog um, named Oakley. And she thought it was really funny that we both have the same name dogs. And her parents have a dog. Oakley's sleeping next to us and he's now talking in his sleep. Well, maybe because he heard me say his name. (laughs) Hopefully he stays quiet. So her parents have a dog. Uh, His name is Zeke. And then the puppy's name is Red. So bringing Red into her parents' home didn't go so hot. So I think, and and she's only 10 weeks old, so it's not like she's, you know, this big scary dog that's going to scare the crap out of Zeke. But but, um, he's obviously having an issue with this. So I think she had said that he went after Red twice now. No bloodshed or anything like that, but definitely like kind of grabbing her by the neck and, and getting a little rough. Um, and not in a playful way. Apparently, Oakley and Zeke play great all the time. So this was kind of like a shock to them. They weren't they weren't expecting Zeke to act differently towards the puppy. So I wanted to discuss that today because I think it's a really big topic. Um, and like I've said on previous podcast episodes, when I have dogs meet, I never, ever, under any circumstance, no matter the age, type of dog, anything like that, We'll have them meet in a backyard of either of the dogs or face-to-face in the beginning. Right, so you want neutral territory and non-threatening, like you want them positioned yeah. in a non-threatening yeah. way. Yeah, so I always explain it, even to my clients, I before we do anything, because I always use our Oakley as um, like a rehabber or socialization dog in these types of trainings. And I always tell them before we do it, I said, Oakley and your dog will never meet face-to-face in, unless they're able to handle it appropriately and I can tell that from their body language they never meet face to face at first so we'll go for a pair walk and um, when they are comfortable we'll get them closer and closer together we never have them face to face because it's like as they're coming towards each other they're like oh I'm excited I'm excited I'm excited and then they get close to each other and they're like holy crap and then that's where you get the bites Um, what Zeke is most likely experiencing which I think um, Kayla hasn't answered my email yet but I'm assuming that they just brought the puppy into her parents backyard which is Zeke's territory Um, this is, is his place. This is where he lives. And all of a sudden now there's another dog here. So that may be why he's a little bit more territorial and kind of showing her, 
you know, the goods and trying to muscle her a little bit. Obviously, we don't want anything to get dangerous. Um, I also think when puppies are involved, we don't realize how our attention basically slides over to the puppy mostly because we're so excited about them. We want to make sure they're okay. And we don't realize how that looks to the previous dogs that were in the situation. Right. They get jealous. They get jealous. And we don't realize what we do. Like to them, it was just the two of them, Oakley and Zeke. And Zeke was like, okay, our attention is divided. Now all of a sudden this little tiny puppy comes into the mix and now Zeke's not really seeing much attention at all because no one's focused on him because technically in this situation he doesn't need a lot of attention. But to him, he just lost a resource and it was directly correlated to her coming into the picture. So we do have to realize how we come across in certain situations to the dog at hand. Right. So if, if this is something that you're thinking about doing, um, for Kayla, I'm going to go into how she can help things. But if this is something that's going to happen to you and it hasn't happened yet, you really need to take the precautions to do it the right way. So what I would have done if I was in Kayla's situation, I would take all the dogs for a pair walk. If possible, not on Zeke's street, maybe meet at a park or somewhere that's neutral territory, something, right. someplace that he hasn't really been before, so he doesn't feel like he needs to protect himself or his resources. Um, going for a walk, and the entire time they're getting treats, and this is if Oakley and Zeke, there's no guarding issues going on, obviously, with treats. So everyone's just happy, go lucky. You're keeping your distance um, with Red and Zeke, so they can kind of. And uh, Red is not an issue. The the puppy, she's she's gonna kind of do whatever. She's gonna just roll with the punches. But Zeke is the one you really want to focus on here, and you need to let him know like he is getting all the attention right now. And and even for Oakley in this situation, I think they really lucked out with him being okay with red. They should take these precautions regardless. Mm -hmm. um, so this would have been really great for Zeke and Oakley from the beginning. So making sure that Zeke and Oakley definitely get all that love, all these treats, good boy, look, we're doing our commands and we're, we're building up their confidence. And then as, and I always say we're walking with a purpose. So we're all walking in the same direction. We're doing something. A lot of times when dogs meet and we let them meet on leash, we come together in this group and yeah, then we, we just stand stagnant. there. Yeah. We just stand there and stare at them. This this is like for them probably the most toxic situation upon meeting. Because if, if that's what we did in the beginning and we were just staring at each other, people staring at us, watching us try to interact, that would be super nerve wracking. And it's the same for them. So I never do that. I'm never stagnant with dogs that are just meeting for the first time. Right. So have a purpose, a goal in mind. We're moving forward. We're going on a walk together. So there's no nervous energy, no stagnant um, situation where they're just staring at each other and thinking about, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I'm, I'm totally vulnerable right now. And a lot of people will say, well, you know, Red is so little. She's only 10 weeks old. Like why, why is Zeke having such a problem with this? He may not deem her like that. He may not look at her as like right. a he, tiny little It's puppy. not that she's a threat to his safety. She's a threat to his resources. Yes. Which would, it, it might not mean food, water, but it means attention from yeah. his parents, yeah. which is a big issue. 100%. So I'm assuming that's why it was fine in the beginning. And then once he really saw the situation, he was like, well, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> So to Kayla, for right now, my suggestion is to do a lot of really great situations with them. So going on walks, like you can start this from scratch. You can start fresh, go on the walks together, have them all leashed up. Uh, Zeke is getting tons of praise, 
tons of treats. Um, and then as they get closer together, he's not really going to be focused on her because there's nothing really going on. He's getting everything that he needs. So he's not going to be focused on the fact that she's taking away from him. Mm-hmm. The more positive You mean like emotionally closer together? Yes. 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 And, and she might even become a source of yes. affection Every and Every single time she's around, he gets all these really great right. things. Or he might crave her attention. Mm-hmm. So, so moving forward... I definitely think they need to kind of change it up a lot of times. And she even said in her email that they tried to reprimand him. They looked it up online and, and noticed um, from positive reinforcement type articles that this is not the way to go, mm-hmm. um, which I'm glad that she realized that earlier on. So we're not going down the path of of that being a huge issue um, because it can be. So if you're negatively reprimanding a dog for their reaction towards something that's upsetting them is just going to make that situation worse because now he's realizing, okay, every single time red is around, I get screamed at. Right. Life was good until, until she came until around. She came yes, in the house and yes. now I get yelled at all the mm-hmm. time. Absolutely. Now I don't get as much attention. I get put away in my crate. So I think that the key here is outside of the initial meet, which is just should just be like a controlled pair walk mm-hmm. outside of that in- initial meet. It's important that the existing dog in the home doesn't feel like their cup is any less full than Mm -hmm. it was before the dog came in. Absolutely. So if that means, obviously, that you need to split up in the house who's giving who attention, then you might need to do that. Or if it means to amp up your mental stimulation. Yes. So if Zeke wasn't getting enough attention Mm -hmm. now, give him some marrow bones. Like the the stuff we always go back to. Work to eat toys. Something to really stimulate him so that... You can go off and give Red some time mm-hmm. and get and start to shape her into the dog you want her to be. But at the same time, Zeke doesn't feel like he's getting shorted. And Oakley is pretty aloof about the whole thing, right? I think he's just chilling. Yeah. So <laughs> it, that's the biggest thing is you don't want your older dogs to perceive this new dog as a threat to any of their resources. Yes. What kind of sparked me with this question is that if we just put the work in in the beginning and move away slower... Then we want to what what we want to just jump into things like, okay, Zeke and Oakley, for, from their standpoint, they work well together. They play all the time. Why would a puppy be any different? Why would Zeke react this way? But you need to look at every situation and every single dog and attack it from this way. Because if you are laxed in this, now, now we have a situation where Zeke has already tried to hurt Red twice. So we're going down a negative path, mm-hmm. which if we just took our time with it, this would have never been a problem. Right. So the idea is to be proactive. And this goes, I say this all the time in my in my um, trainings and in, in my consults. We are going to take the, the biggest proactive approach to every single thing that we do. We don't want to wait for an issue to arise. We want to tackle it before it even happens. We don't even want to, to give it a situation where it can come into play. That is... In all walks of life, in training and introducing your dogs to new things, be proactive. That is like the the approach I want everybody to take. Don't just assume it's going to go well. Yeah. Because it might not. And then you're then now we've had a negative, we've had two negative experiences with Red that we need to backtrack on. Rather than if they took these steps to go a little bit slower, we might not have had them at all. Yeah. And that's like, that goes back to what we've preached in much older episodes, like even with the thunderstorms, when mm-hmm. we say yes. expose them to the sounds of thunderstorms. You're being proactive instead of reactive, mm-hmm. whereas reactive would be, all right, a huge thunderstorm just rolled in. We waited till now, and now now our dog is terrified of the thunderstorm, and we need to take actions to change their association with it. When you're proactive, you can get their association. Initially, we use our Amazon Alexa or Echo, whatever you want to call it, and we use that. Did it go off? No. <laughs> we use that to like play thunderstorm sounds. We'll play it loudly. We'll do it at night. We'll give them a marrow bone and it, it we try and make it a comforting thing. 
but especially with puppies. You need to take a proactive approach and not reactive. You need to stay ahead of the game mm-hmm. because it's so much easier to create those initial associations than it is to fix something that's finally ingrained. Yes. Um, one thing I want to reach out to Kayla about is for right now with Zeke, I want you to master that look command. So anytime that they are around, let's say that they go for the walks and everything's going great, no reactivity on the walks and Zeke doesn't care about her. Great. We get back into the backyard of her parents' house and if they're all playing around, I want them to work on Zeke's look command so he can kind of look back regardless of what else is going on. And if he goes by red, probably what they've been doing is, you know, come back, you know, leave her alone. Like they're yelling at him. I don't want that. The second Zeke goes by her or looks at her and maybe is like a little like, hey, what you doing? I want them to look and I want him to come right back to them. So he's getting treats every single time he looks at her and is near her. So again, we are associating really good things with red. And this entire time you're talking to him. So baby voice, good boy, Zeke, you're a good boy. If there is silence and he is staring at her, it's most likely not good thoughts. Mm-mm. So you need to get your voice in there. You need to get your positivity in there and drown those negative thoughts out. And keep an eye on his body language. Yeah. Watch how his body language changes over the next few weeks. And I did that small bite last Friday mm-hmm. about stress indicators. Yes. So if you haven't listened to that, give that a listen and see if you could pick up on some stress indicators that your dog's displaying. Really the, great information on that one. I think the biggest thing in this situation is you're really going to look for like that stiff body mm-hmm. that really I'm uncomfortable. And stiff. the ears up, the ears yeah. up body forward. That's the, if he's looking at her and he's having negative thoughts, you're going to see it before, before it actually happens. That, that would be a huge pre bite, pre attack indicator. Mm-hmm. So something to look for. And if you spot that immediately call him over, look command, whatever you have to, to break that mm-hmm. because every time that it, that escalates just gets worse and worse. Yes. And make sure that if you're holding red, obviously everybody wants to hold the puppy. And if he's coming up to you with red, you need to tell him he's a good boy, pet him. Don't shoo him away. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will do that. If they're holding a puppy, they'll kind of shoo the older dog away because they're, they're just giving the puppy attention right now. You need to show him that he's still loved as well. Right. Got to think, how would you feel? Yeah. Put yourself in Zeke's position. Or just think of them as children because they really do process information oh, the same 100%. way. 100%. I say this all the time. Well, I hope that answered Kayla's questions. And I hope whatever goes on with Red and Zeke, we get an update soon. Yes. I have a fun fact or a fun study for you. Hit me with it. I'm going to hit you with it. A study comparing over 1,300 Staffordshire Terriers, your favorite breed to pronounce. Oh my God, I cannot. Say it. I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't. Say it. <laughs> Staffordshire Terrier. Oh my God. Staffordshire Terrier. Staffordshire. So a study comparing 1,300 Staffordshire Terriers to 21,000 non Staffordshire Terriers found that Staffies had fewer occurrences of the most common medical disorders and were no more likely to be aggressive than other breeds. Oh, look at that. Yeah. which And there's been other research out, older research that had said that Staffies may be more aggressive than other breeds, but they've always had like serious issues with how the studies are being done, mm-hmm. whether it be how the dogs are being held mm-hmm. while they're being observed. Yeah. They're not ideal conditions. And then they're also picking from dogs who have trauma in their lineage, you know, like dog fighting. Mm-hmm. Not that a dog fighting dog can't be rehabilitated to live with people. No, but, but like you're saying, like that DNA, not learned behavior, but DNA behavior. Right. So like fresh out the womb, yeah, they might be a little quirky. Yeah. But this study just took from vets all over the place, 
pulled this information in and that's what it found. It basically found they have fewer health issues and they're no more aggressive than other dogs. Wow. Yeah. Who would have thought? I love staffies. Oh, they're the best. I've never been bit by a staffie. I told you that. I've been bit by a chihuahua mm-hmm. and a Tibetan mastiff. Yeah, just my luck. A 180 pound Tibetan mastiff. <laughs> he bite you in the butt. Bit me on the butt. <laughs> sure did. It was my fault. I wasn't paying attention. And uh, you moved towards the baby. I walked towards it. It was when I was doing law enforcement and I, I made a motion in didn't the direction. Didn't you even not know the baby was there though? I didn't. It wasn't really your fault. He was so quiet in a high chair and his back to me. And I made a direction towards it and he was doing his job. And he ran up, bit, you me, in the ass. bit me in the ass and uh, <laughs> ushered me out the door. I, I remember like, getting right, that phone call. You got it, sir. He said, I got bit in the ass today. You'd think of all dogs, of course. This could be Tibetan Mastiff. 180 pounds. God. What a life. That was a bruise. What a life. So, yeah. Yeah. So, for some reason, I can't say that breed name. So, I just say Staffy. I don't know why you can't. I don't. I don't know. Hey, my best friend in like elementary school grew up not being able to say cinnamon. So if this is my one word, this is my cinnamon. It can't be your cinnamon. Is your best friend that can't pronounce cinnamon like a chef or a pastry chef? <laughs> no. No, you're a professional dog trainer. You better figure out how to pronounce this word. <laughs> can't I just say staffy? Everybody will know what I'm talking about. Slight difference here. Okay. All right. I want to try and knock out two ask the trainers because we have a whole bunch here and we've got to start working through them. Okay. So our listener, Nancy, says, hey, guys, I've raised two labs in the past and I've been dogless now for over 20 years. We're both retired and we have the time to devote to a puppy. That's it. Great. In four weeks, we'll be getting a Labradoodle. What book do you recommend reading that will help with training? So I really can't recommend a book. I, I said the same thing to her. Would you ready? I, you I ready messaged her this? back, but I what said. What did I, I say about answering these? These are for the podcast. So you sorry. can't. You. She. You. You literally can't help yourself. I know. You can't help yourself. You sit up until 2 a.m. and you're answering these things. These people need the information. Well, they're for the podcast. I know. Right. I know. Well, I don't know what you said to her, but I'm going to give my answer. Okay. The problem with a book and doesn't really work with dog training because dog training is not a static activity. Mm-hmm. Every dog is not the same. And a book is a very static medium it never for changes. information. It never changes. You need something more dynamic. Because not every dog is the same. Sometimes things don't work and you need to explore other options. There's, I said it in the last one, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And it doesn't work the same way for every dog. So you might have a dog training book and all it's going to do is set up these poor expectations because your dog can't meet the expectations. When in reality, that's just one way to do it. And it doesn't work for every every dog. Mm -hmm. And especially when when it's just information passed on you know, a piece of paper, and then you have to interpret it and try and do the training yourself, you're just setting yourself up for failure. And they're they're more of a waste of money. We have an idea. It's a long way out putting out a puppy book, a proactive approach to Mm -hmm. to raising puppies, but it's got to be almost like I'm going to give out all of our secrets here. Almost like a choose your own adventure. Yeah. We're like, all right, well, if this didn't work, jump to page 38 Mm -hmm. and you try this, something like that. But right now, there's nothing like that on the market. And if somebody steals it from me, I swear to God, <laughs> if you steal this idea, I'll find you. They wouldn't be able to do it as good as you. No. but My problem is it'll never get done. <laughs> so we don't really recommend books for that reason. What we do recommend is listening to the podcast. And if you have specific issues that that come up, and there's other dog training podcasts, but you know we really... We put a lot of energy into it and we try and produce something really good and we try and answer everybody's questions. So we would love if you would just continue to listen to ours. And then if you want to branch out, listen to other well, ones, that's fine. Also, back to Nancy, if she has 
like uh, we should do a podcast on questions people have before they get puppies. Guys, we're like at episode 36 of season two. We need ideas. So <laughs> you can reach out to us. Yes. Ask us all these questions. We will. Like I was even just like thinking as you were just talking, if we took a client, a brand new client who hasn't even gotten a dog yet, I actually just did a virtual training with a client who before she got her Basset Hound puppy, never had a dog before. This is their first dog. They have a, a five-year-old daughter and this was supposed to be a surprise. And she had no idea what she was doing. No idea. No idea. So we talked the two days before she picked up the puppy and we ironed a lot of things out. So when she got the puppy in the home, she was already ready with potty training information. I mean, I told her every half hour that the puppy's not out of the crate needs to go outside. And she was like, wait, what? Like, like these are things that if you haven't had a dog before and, or maybe it's been a while, like Nancy, it's been 20 years, you Mm -hmm. get out of that realm of learning how to train a puppy. It's not even like a dog. Well, look at your mom. She hasn't had a baby in. Yeah. In Since 20, me, twenty twenty eight years. <laughs> yeah, when, when we when had JJ, she was like, "What do I do? What do I do with this?" <laughs> so you get rusty and you forget, and you know things things have changed over the years. I'm sure with Nancy, the way that she raised her last puppies is probably not the way that she's going to raise this puppy, mm-hmm. um, because training is is much different now. We have you know science based training now, and I think it would be a really good podcast to have somebody brand new who hasn't had a dog before it's been a while just like nancy and ask all those questions let's iron it out let's have like a conversation Mm -hmm. and me answer all of your questions in terms of like what you need to prepare yeah so you're again being proactive because we don't want to create issues and then have to fix them that takes way 10 10 times longer right like we said earlier but if you have questions for us you could always reach out to us you can go to paulstonuniversity.com forward slash ask is that correct i think so yeah, I believe so. It'll be in the show notes. Ask the trainer and click over there. You can fill out a uh, little questionnaire and you can ask us and we'll answer it on the podcast, but you'll probably also get an email at 2 a.m. because she can't help herself. <laughs> and even if it's something we've already addressed, we can give you like the episode and season number of the podcast episode that features that since there's so many. Yes. Um, And then you can go and listen specifically to that. If that doesn't work for you, you come back. We'll do trial and error it's a very dynamic thing, dog training, Mm -hmm. because every dog is an individual and cookie cutter solutions, the cookie cutter training packages. No, they're just band-aids. They just don't They don't fix issues. Well, some of them just straight up don't work. Yeah. And then then you're lost. Some dogs can't be overpaid. If you overpay them, they turn into neurotic psychopaths who do anything they can to get paid. You get garters. Right. So we have to Garters who guard nothing. Yeah. Who guard a a piece of paper. plastic bag no value to them none so it's it's a very dynamic thing and your dog is specific to you so your training should be specific to you and your family and your expectations should be zero there should be no expectations there should be goals Mm -hmm. how you want your dog to act but expectations it's it's important to remember that puppies don't come like pre-installed with human software how to interact with us Mm -hmm. it's our job Right. It's our job to set those new expectations and, and help them meet them. We need to uphold our part of the bargain. Yes. So let's go ahead and wrap this one up as yep. we approach almost 30 minutes. I think that's all we have for this episode. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Nope. Um, we are throwing around the idea of doing a season one reboot. or I don't know if you'll say rebooted, reloaded, whatever you want to call it. We'll figure it out. Yeah. But Kind of would- like what, um, what's his name did on Food Network? Not Food Network. Alton um, Brown. Alton Brown. Good Eats. Good Eats. Good eats. If Reloaded. anybody is a Good Eats fan, 
He basically took all of his episodes from when he first started back in like the early 2000s and he redid them. They're amazing. It was so so fun. It was so cool to watch. So we're thinking about doing something like that. Something like that for season one. And basically we're going to play our episode and then give commentary over it. We'll elaborate when it's time to elaborate. We'll make jokes when we say dumb things. Um, We'll go further into detail with certain stories. Mm -hmm. Now that I no longer can't say certain things. Um, You're no longer in law enforcement. So we're thinking of doing a a reload or reboot of season one. But that would be like a special series that we would only upload to Patreon for listeners who would want to subscribe and actually listen. I don't know, maybe like $5 a month or something Mm -hmm. just to keep... The podcast ad free. We don't want to run ads on the podcast. We think it's kind of tacky. And if we don't stand behind a product, why are we going to make you go out and buy it? Doesn't yeah. make any sense to mm-hmm. me. It's not just. It's just not what we had in mind. Our goal is to help people be better dog owners and to help dogs live better lives. And forcing you uh, dog food or mm-hmm. or you yeah. know, we don't believe in it. Some dumb thing that we've literally never even tried or looked at the actual product and expect you to buy it. We just don't do that. So we want to keep the podcast ad free. We definitely decided that. And so we're thinking about setting up the Patreon. We set up a buy me a coffee account, which is in our show notes as well. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash possum. Uh, so you can head over there if you want to just buy us a coffee. Just buy us a $4 coffee. That would be amazing because that's all I drink and it's not good for my kidneys. But <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we get there. There are worse things. But if you are interested in hearing that season one reboot, we're just kind of fielding ideas right now. If that's something that you think you might subscribe to, you know, if we get enough people, I think we'll actually do it. I think that'd be fun. I think it would be too. That's all we have for this episode. Uh, as usual, if you can leave us a five-star review and, oh, you know what? That actually reminds me. Oh, I wanted to read a review because oh. we've never done that before. And okay. I think that if you take the time out of your day to leave us a review, that's awesome. And I really appreciate it. So the username is San10559. She left us a five-star review. I'm saying she. I'm just assuming. What's wrong with me? (laughs) San10559 left us a five-star review and said, Learned about this podcast from Elvis Duran Show. I listened to the Barking Podcast and learned a lot and will continue to listen with two dog emojis. Thank you very much, San10559. And if you want your review read on the podcast, like San10559's review was read, (laughs) you can go ahead and leave us a review. I'm not sure... I always say this. I, I, there's so many different podcast directories. I don't know which one allows you to leave reviews. I know Apple definitely does. So leave us a, a five-star review. Leave us your comment. And we'll read it on the show as a thank you. Uh, check us out on Instagram at Pulse University and on TikTok at Pulse University. I've been posting some pretty fun stuff on, on TikTok. Um, so check those out. There's some funny stuff on there. Until next week. Class dismissed. <laughs>